I have with me here uh, Paul Gibbs, which is exciting for me at a number of levels because uh, Paul Gibbs is part of the Pace Movement. Hello, Paul. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited because um, I was on the Pace Project back in 1995 to 96. Um, I was East Manchester. That was a Pace Project. It's now the Pace Movement. It's not just Manchester in the UK. You're now properly global, aren't you? Yeah, I think we're in 20 different nations. I just got back from Kenya a couple of days ago and um I think there were there were kind of we have about seven we're, we're working in seven nations presently, but I also met three kind of national directors in training. So um probably a year or two from now we will be really active in about 10 different African nations. So and obviously we're in Asia as well and Australia and North America, South America. Uh, and Europe, and we're actually actually right now, Andy. We're actually recruiting more national directors. So if there's people listening to your show and they're interested in bringing pays to their nation, um, we're, we're we've got the infrastructure now to to really make that happen as well. So yeah, we're growing. Um, obviously, COVID was a difficult time for us, um, as your listeners will hear um, when you hear what we do. Obviously, COVID was very difficult, but actually we come through it much stronger and we're, we're very excited about the future at the moment. Which is so exciting. So um, for people who don't know what the Pace Project was or what the Pace Movement is, just give it, give us a little bit about what you're doing today and then we can go back in history and see where it came from. Okay, yeah. So essentially we're kind of missionary outfitters. We're all about helping people live a life on mission. And we have three major programs, you could say. One is our apprenticeship, which is what you experience. So young adults can remote. That was when you were young, of course. Yes, <laughs> but you, years ago. A long time ago. Young adults can um, uh, work with pays. They can uh, work with pays locally or they can travel overseas and join pays a team. They work with a team. They receive a mentor, people who are going to disciple them. They receive training. And for a year or longer, uh, they're putting a team and they um, serve God, advancing his kingdom, uh, often in youth ministry, but sometimes in businesses as well. Uh, we train them in leadership, discipleship, Bible study, um, mission, evangelism, all these great things. Um, we put them uh, in a program that helps them become what we call more kingdom centric. Um, so kind of a spiritual transformation program that really grows them uh, closer to God. So that's the apprenticeship. It's free. One of the amazing things about it, it's free. So people's accommodation, training, and most of their meals are provided for. So people just need to get on a flight. Uh, maybe they need to get a visa or they can do it in a home nation. They'll be put in a team. I would say that the, the training is world class um, and they will they will just be transformed within a year. Uh, but some people do it a lot longer and they end up in ministry. We place people in churches. We have church leaders um, so yeah, that's the apprenticeship. We also very quickly have the academy. Uh, the academy is a training program uh, or resources for any church in the world um, to mobilise their young people. So I think one of the big issues we have today is we're just basically babysitting young people. Uh, they're visionless. Uh, they're not that interested. They're being turned off. In actual fact, if you give them a real vision and purpose, they're incredibly passionate and, and can be incredibly self-disciplined as well. Um, so uh, we've been running the Academy program, which is a, a program where we train and mobilize young people again in evangelism, discipleship and Bible study. Uh, and we've been doing that internally in pays for, for a number of years now. And this year we just launched it so that every youth ministry in the world can access that for free. Um, and then thirdly, we have our allies program, 
which is where we offer training, teaching, consultancy, and resources, and a forum for for uh, church leaders to join. So again, it's about it's about being missionary outfitters. Where we see ourselves as a specialist organisation that comes alongside uh, others and gives them an opportunity to live life on mission. Wow, uh, lots going on. I want to get into the history of where Pace came from, but you mentioned that you're working um, in business as well. How do you do what we might associate with church, with mission, with outreach? How does that work within the context of commerce, within the context of a business? Um, uh, well, first of all, just the, the, the little kind of um, spin on that is that we we ask what we call Jesus questions, and one of them is why is it we spend so much of our time um, and resources and energy inviting people uh, when Jesus spent most of his getting himself invited. Um, so we can specialise in getting ourselves invited. And one of those places uh, we get ourselves invited into is businesses. Obviously, we want to invite people to church, but we just think there's another half to this as well. Um, when it comes down to businesses, it's not that dissimilar from, from schools ministry, which is what we do a lot of. Um, where businesses will invite us in, often from the purposes of kind of HR, human resources. So there are local businesses here where our teams go in and run a lunchtime kind of prayer stroke Bible study. Uh, so people can come, they can receive prayer, um, they can receive uh, encouragement, they can just talk to somebody if they need to. But also we run uh, what we call Havering Bible Studies. It's a Bible study designed for people to participate, people who are searching, people who are interested, people who are growing in their faith. So we run those kind of things. We run Because You're Loved, which is a just a really positive program that helps people understand God's love for them, but it's very practical as well, so we can run that. And then finally, where you did lessons with Pays in schools, uh, we essentially do lessons using the Shapes Test. Uh, the Shapes Test, um, people can go on theshapestest.com, it's a personality test, um, but it's, it's super practical. Uh, practical. It helps people build something good together. So, uh, of course, a business would love us to come in, help people understand who they are, how they're different from each other, how they can work well to, with each other, how they can cope with stress in the workplace, how how leaders can bring change, understanding the different personality types, what motivates people, what, what demotivates people, and a host of other very, very practical tools um, so we bring that into businesses as well. So it's it's not that dissimilar from when we go into schools. Uh, we're providing a resource that the business wants that has common values. And obviously, we work within the remit of the business. Op often, we'll get opportunities to share our faith, but we do it in a way that's not awkward or weird because they're asking us the question. Hmm. Well, uh, I didn't know about the business side. That's really um. That's really interesting. I guess in a way, my simplistic view might be in a school context, we might think of a Christian union, which becomes a core for some worship or some activities together. But in a, in a, in a business context, is it sort of not that dissimilar to what we might think of Christian union within a school context? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And some businesses. Do that. So there was um, I, I was in a church a while back and probably a few months ago and just taught them through the way we do Bible study, which is this very interactive methodology that jesus would have used and one of the ladies really loved it so she she she, she works in a company and this is her words not mine this i'm really bad but she said it's all women and and it can be a bit catty and it can be a bit you know people can argue with each other and stuff so she went to the um her boss it's like shift work and she said on my shift if i set up a, a kind of like 
one hour Bible study stroke prayer meeting. And we run this kind of interactive Bible study or elements of it. Um, is that okay? And and the uh, her boss said, sure, you know, we can give it a go, see if people will come as long as it's voluntary. And it went really well. And then he said to her, this has really impacted the atmosphere. Can we do this on other shifts? So right now, last time I spoke to her, she was she was trying to recruit other people who work on other shifts to set it up uh, in the business. So yeah, so it's a Christian union, basically. That is so cool, though, isn't it? That something, oh, are we not sure about this? Oh, yeah, give it a go. And then not only does it provide interest for the people attending, but it's actually changing, it's kind of changing the air in the air in the environment, isn't it? Exactly. That's exactly what exactly what happens. And with pays what we do, the, the kind of tools we don't offer curriculum so much. We do offer curriculum, but primarily we offer templates. So these are like four-step templates that you can apply in many different situations. So our Bible study template is how to study anything with anyone. And so once you've learned the template, you can study any passage or any subject with anyone. Um, they could be Christian, they could be non-Christian. They just have to be leaning forward. And so it works in a, in a secular environment really well. Uh, okay, that's really, I like that. That's, that's really, really good. Um, let's go back in time a little bit. Uh, you and I have known each other for a little while. So I was on PACE, what was then the PACE project, uh, 95 through to 96. It was a year out for me, um, exactly because it was free and I didn't know where else to go. But I liked the idea of not having to pay to do something. Um, I was in East Manchester. Um, so just give us some of the history of of the PACE project, now the PACE movement. But, but how did the PACE project begin? Um, well, it, it kind of starts, obviously it kind of starts with my testimony. I, I, got, um, I became a Christian. Uh, I was led to the Lord through a teacher. Uh, not long after I became a Christian, I um, I had a kind of skin disease. I prayed. It got healed. God healed me. Um, so then I was like, "Oh, this is real. This this is this is this is true." You know. Um, and so yeah, I, I often say to people, it was good news and bad news. It was good mm -hmm. news because I realized, oh, God is real. The Bible is true, and heaven's reality. It's also bad news because I realize that the Bible is true, the devil is real, and uh, hell is reality. And so, I, you know, if this is real, we need to tell people about it. I don't know how many, this is going to sound controversial, I don't know how many evangelical Christians really, truly believe in heaven and hell and really, truly believe that um, Jesus is the only way, because I think we would probably do more than we actually do if we really believed our neighbours were going to hell. But I, I really bought into that. I really believe that. And so I really wanted to tell people about Jesus. Um, and, you know, I was just planning to do that in the workplace as normal. But then I went on a short mission trip and i thought this is what i want to do for the rest of my life and so then i i thought i was going to be trained to be a missionary i went to do some training and very quickly the lord told me to go back to manchester after the training uh, when i got into manchester there was opportunity um i won't go to all the story andy unless you want me to but there was opportunity in schools where again schools were having issues they needed people to come in and would be good role models with similar values so i got the opportunity to go in do some lunchtime Christian unions, and then also realize, wow, you know, here are these schools. Um, we don't have to buy the building. We don't have to pay the staff. We don't have to pay the electric bills, but we can just turn up and do our thing. And again, unless you're interested, I won't go into detail, but essentially I was invited into lessons pretty much as a guinea pig, really, as a kind of um, <laughs> example, you know, as an example of a Christian or an example of what Christians believe. So. 
instead of bringing in the firemen when they did health and safety or the police when they did law and order, they would bring me in for some subjects. So that was great. So I'm, this is good. This is wonderful. I'm sharing my faith with people. Um, it's actually helping the school. So as opposed to areas where we're kind of pushing ourselves on people, I'm. this is being pulled from me. Fantastic. But my next issue was young people wanted to find out more. They would say, well, where can I go to find out more about God and all these things? And I would say, your local church. And of course, their next question was, well, will you be there? Because I'm not walking into a church. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. And I couldn't. I couldn't be in all these different places. I was all over Manchester at the time. And so I, I brought it. Actually, what I first did was it was a place called Middleton in North Manchester. There was a church literally opposite the school. I knew the pastor and said, when I do a lunchtime club for, for a few weeks, can you come in and just sit in the lunchtime club with me and get to know the young people? And sure enough, he did. And sure enough, he invited people to his church. And sure enough, they went and they, they instantly had a youth ministry. And one day I remember him saying to me, you know, I wish I'd, I wish I had something like you in my church, Paul. I thought, that's an interesting idea. So I basically just advertised that I would train other people and base them in different churches. And so that's what happened. That's how Paige was born in 1992. I said to people, hey, I'll teach you. It's discipleship, right? Yeah. This is what I'm doing. I know how to do it. I'll show you how to do it. We'll work together. You'll be based in a different church. And then that basically just took off. And in my my idea, my vision was one team in North Manchester, which was in 1992 with five of us. And then 30 years later, we're, we're all over the world. And we're in crazy places like Islamabad and just bizarre places. Wow. It's just it's just weird, Andy, to be honest. But it's good. It's good. Now, it, I, I remember I met a guy at our church. He was on pace um, in the West Midlands or middle of England-ish. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm loving the idea of what he's doing. I don't know what I want to do in my life, but pace sounds like a really good opportunity. I haven't got to pay. I can go and do something. I want to do some church work, don't really know much about it. And that's where Pace really taught me lots of stuff. My only little, I suppose, funny story is I finished Pace after a year and thought, I don't ever want to do youth work again because I don't think it's for me. And it took <laughs> God quite a few years um, before my wife and I then went full time working for churches for a number of years in <laughs> children's ministry. And I look back on all the stuff at Pace and thought, I learned so much, but I think I was maybe a bit scared about doing stuff, very insecure, uh, uncertain of myself. God took me on a longer journey, but all the stuff that I learned, you know, I still today, and I've said this to you before, but I still take some of the examples and the, and the the teaching that you gave us in 1995, and I still apply it into my life today. So you, your teaching has lived on. Oh, well, that, that's encouraging. I think, um, thank you. I think that sometimes pays is, is wasted on the young. Because I think <laughs> there is a depth to the teaching that I think people only realize at a later date so they hear it but i'm not, not sure they fully grasp it and then and then it kind of works out in their life later so i hear that story a lot i really appreciate it I, I think i just mentioned i got back from kenya and i was meeting with our national directors to do some training with them and um the, the people were texting who'd been on pays in kenya of the period of years you know can i come and meet paul i've not met paul i've heard his teaching watch live wires which he leaves online training videos we do for our teams, but I've never met Paul could have come. And so uh, the leader said, yeah, let's let's do a breakfast on Friday before he gets on the plane. So if there's anybody in, in you know in Nairobi, just locally that want to come that being on pays. And 17, 17 alumni turned up, which was wow. great. But mate, the stories they were sharing were phenomenal. Like, you know, one guy was had his whole missions into the local police 
um, departments in Nairobi. Another guy um, was leading like a home church movement. It was phenomenal. And, and you know, they were all saying what you just said, you know, the, the training and the methodology, kind of the principles and methodology, the two things, the kingdom principles that we talk about, this kind of kingdom-centric theology, and then the um, the kind of methodology as well. Uh, they're just applying it so it's really encouraging they were all kind of saying how do we stay connected and we're trying to build a bit more of an alumni program now because we've got thousands of people around the world that have been on pays that are just disconnected so we're trying to reconnect them at the moment yeah which would be great uh because i think there's a lot of good and i think in some ways what you're talking about it's not exactly that revolutionary in one sense because it's no. been done before right it's what jesus didn't just say yeah come to church let's have a chat he would go into people's lives so in a sense, it's revolutionary because it changes everything. And it's actually not revolutionary at the same time because this isn't new. This isn't like amazingly advanced stuff. This is basic stuff from scripture that we just don't apply. Um, you were talking about the evangelical Christians and how we don't really believe in heaven and hell. And I would definitely say I would agree with you. I think if we really believed in heaven and hell, we wouldn't be sitting in church waiting for people to maybe stumble through the door. Yeah. might hear a sermon maybe like the song maybe you know it's all these maybes and mites rather than you know we if we believe this stuff we should be doing something i love that you're not just doing something you're doing lots of something with lots of people that they can then repeat in their own situation which is such a key difference between pace and if i'm being really honest other ministries which are buy our material then you can use our material pay for it and this is actually something that people can access which is so different well, yeah. I mean, I, again, we we um we, we say on pays the only person you should compare yourself to is Jesus, and the only person you should compete against is yourself. So Amen. we are trying to make it kind of as much as we can how we think Jesus would have done it if he was here today. You know, based on those principles. So we're trying we're trying our best. You know, I mean, obviously we're making mistakes as well. But the great thing is, you stick at something for thirty years, you start you start getting things right eventually. <laughs> over a period of time but going back to your whole thing about heaven and hell i think um i remember pete baker um pete pete you'll know pete pete was yeah. on page 20 years became national director now uh pete and Bryony are leading um in, uh, uh leading the life church in um burnley great church in burnley and i remember pete a couple of years ago saying to me there was a whole debate i think uh, around the time about hell and um i remember pete saying to me you know what's more evil um refusing you know saying you're a Christian but refusing to believe in hell or saying you're a Christian believing in hell and not doing everything you can to rescue people from it. Yeah. And that was a good point. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable one, but, yeah, it's true. Um, right, let's go um, back to some of the story of Pace. So you um, you started this in Manchester. Your accent, clearly, if you're not in the UK maybe, but it, you're clearly Manchester origins, but you're now not living in uh, Manchester. So what's your current situation? Yeah, so I'm living in Texas right now, um, um, and I hopefully I've still got my Manchester accent. I think wife Lynn, Foxy Lynn, as I call her, she's even more Manchester than me. <laughs> so neither of us have lost our accents, but we're living in Texas. So um, what happened essentially, I mean, that's a long story, which won't go into now. It's a very bizarre, weird, God things that happened. But essentially, I was asked to come and help um, a movement of churches in Texas, do what we do in England because they, they just didn't know how to do it. And then I was told that if you come, we'll give you an opportunity to to basically, you know, there's some resources here will help you reach the world. Didn't quite work out the way the way uh, it was said through no one's fault, but we ended up in Texas. And we, we planned to be here for two to three years, 
but we that was 20 years ago <laughs> and again without going into all the details it's just a really really good place to base an international ministry out of the, the people here are very very generous um, 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 um so that's really really helped us create a base we, we know some phenomenal people that really believe in heaven and hell really believe that this is the most vital work on the planet and want to resource and help us and just bizarre you know finding out people i knew really good people i knew them for years and only later find out they owned a publishing company and and some of our publisher is somebody I know, and, and just just really weird. There's just so many weird things, but but fantastic, yeah. So very strategic that we're here in Texas, and as far as we know, we'll end up staying here. I think. Cool. I could sit and talk to you all day, but let's move on to something else. So uh, we are now going to have a partnership, aren't we, with uh, with a podcast and uh, Pure Twenty Four Seven Radio, which is really exciting. Yeah. So Life on Mission uh, podcast, kind of powered by Pays Movement. Um, it's uh, again. It's a podcast that's going to have um, um, everything in it. It's, it's very, very, very practical. Um, what I'm finding um, is in many churches now that the conversation I'm having with a lot of leaders is: we want to disciple, we want to get our people to live on mission, but we don't know how. We don't know the practical. We know the teaching, but we don't know the training. We know the, the you know ideas, and we know why we should do it. We know what we should do. But we don't know how. So Life on Mission is, it's going to be a podcast that will inspire people who really want to make a difference in the world, but it's going to be very practical. There'll be theology, because we need the theology behind what we do. Uh, our, our, our message shapes our method. Um, but there also going to be lots of practical tips. It's going to be story-based, so uh, it's basically going to be conversations where um, there'll be interviews with me where I'll talk through some practical ideas. There'll be interviews with pays teams. They'll be interviewed with... Uh, pays alumni people who've been on pays and, and gone through pays and how they're still living life on mission um so it's going to be a, a great place yeah of advice um practical ideas people if they send us messages with with questions we'll answer them um so yeah basically if someone wants to live a life on mission whether it's in their school their workplace um their neighborhood uh they want to, to do more than simply just attend church it's going to be a great podcast. It's going to inspire them. They're going to pick up um, ideas and thoughts constantly, I think, as they listen to it. We just recorded the first one a couple of days ago. Um, myself, uh, Manny uh, Manuel uh, Delgado is the host. And we had Paul Bartlett, who um, Paul Bartlett oversees like a, a thousand churches for community transformation in Australia. Wow. So it was a conversation between Paul, myself, and uh, um, I call him Manny. Manuel Delgado and I think it was really I think it would be inspiring to listen to um but it was kind of like in the opener just setting the scene really cool um I'm going to go into more detail with Manny the week before the show launches in uh, in February um because it'll be on our radio show uh, sorry station as a show from I think February uh February the 6th I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday it's we'll come to that later uh but I just wanted to talk really quick because um I love the fact that I was on pace in 95 to 96 and then almost, it's amazing how I've wanted to support you guys for so long, never quite knowing what to do. Here I am with a radio station. Do you want to do a radio show? You, you said, yes, please. But I was chatting to Geraldine, who you all know, um, whose son is going to Australia on pace. And I love this family connection stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, so Geraldine was, was she on your year? Because I remember yeah, that. Yeah, my was... team, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, wow. Well. So, yeah, so I mean, that's going well back. So Geraldine's um, in Ireland. She's lovely. Um, obviously, we lost track with her um, for, for decades, really. 
Um, but then um, we noticed that, in fact, one, in fact, just slightly aside but connected, um, on the first ever Pays team, there was a lady called Joanne, and a couple of two, three years ago, her daughter came on Pays, so she was the first daughter of a Pays apprentice to or son of a Pays apprentice. No, that's not true. There's another guy before that actually. So it is happening now. So we're starting to see <laughs> we're starting to see that as a regular thing. So yeah, Geraldine's son's going to Australia. Uh, and Australia is really growing right now. We just appointed a new national director called Jesse Skelly, who's doing a great job. Jesse and Abby doing a phenomenal job there. Um, I'll actually be in Australia in about three weeks' time, actually. So um, hopefully, I'll see I'll see a son. I think it's called Caleb, or I'm not sure. I can't remember. No, I'll have to ask her. Yeah, but that's good. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, I I love the pace project. I love the pace movement that it's become. Um, I can sit and talk to you for hours. We can't. <laughs> Um, but thank you, Paul. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this new radio show, the podcast that's coming on uh, next month, which is really exciting, and the partnership there. I love the fact that I was on pace and I can support it in this way. And I love how your heart for not just, you know, buy my buy into what I'm doing and then I'll, you keep paying me and you can do stuff. Actually, what you're doing is creating generations of people who can help generations of people and on and on, continually showing uh, Jesus to people, that light of Christ. And it doesn't have to revolve around one person which is what i love about the pace project so thank you for what you've created thus far and who knows where it's going to go in another 30 years yeah no it's very 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 kind of you thank you so much i think you know this is the thing in it you only you only reap if you're still around at harvest time and uh we've just stuck at it so yeah it's we're seeing the fruit of our labor i guess which is which is wonderful and what God's done is just amazing, really. So, yeah. Thank you, mate. And thank you for serving with us. We really appreciate it. And thank no, you so sorry. much. We're excited to partner with you and see where that goes as well and see how many people will reach throughout the world with a message of, of uh, you know, together, let's do life on mission together. Amen. Um, just give us the website so people can find out more about you uh, and the Pace Project, Pace Movement, as it is now. Okay. Well, we just, we've got a shorter version now. So, pays.life will get you to our website, P A I S pays.life um, and it'll get you to a resources and contact details and there is a lot of stuff on there um, so if if people want you know have heard something particular interested in and they go to pays.life there's contact forms they can contact us about anything they want to chat to us about and of course at some point we'll be posting the details of the podcast on there as well yep and you have a page on our website so people can get you through there as well so uh, there's it's an exciting time to be alive it really is god is alive at work and it's amazing. He's not dead. The church is not dying. Um, God and Jesus are very much alive, aren't they? Absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. Cool. Well, I will let you get on with your day, Paul. Um, thank you for joining me here. Uh, it's been a it's been a privilege talking to you again. And uh, yeah, very much excitement here at uh, Pure 24-7 Radio about where, where this is going to go and what we can do with God together, what he's going to do in us, what he's going to do through us. Um, that's yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah. Bless you, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Appreciate Paul. it. Pure 24-7 Radio is listener-supported, which means we are free, online, and always pure because of the generous support of our listeners. If you would like to contribute financially, please visit pure247radio.org. If you'd like to find out how we use your money, please visit the Our Cost section. Any donation of any size will help keep us on air and broadcasting for free. Thank you.